Welcome to the Dark Moon Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Wooden. Let's begin where I began. When I was five, my cousin Haley showed me the movie Chucky. It was an old 80s movie about a murderous doll who goes and kills a bunch of people. I shouldn't have been afraid. It was terrible special effects and only mediocre acting. But at the time, that thing scared the shit out of me. It had me sleeping with my parents almost every night for a week. My dad was pissed. I was paranoid that Chucky was going to come stab me in my sleep. But my dad did give me some good advice on how to handle my fears. He told me, son, Chucky can only kill you if he stabs you in the heart. And he can't stab you in the heart if you sleep on your stomach. To this day, I still sleep on my stomach. Now I know that logic doesn't really check out. Chucky could have just stabbed me in the back and I still would have died. In my head, my five-year-old self's head, it was what I needed to hear. Ever since then, I've loved being afraid. I dim the lights, I set the mood, and I get ready for terror. It's fun, because things that go bump in the night never really come for us. But what happens when they do? That's what this podcast aims to delve into. What happens when you find things you're not supposed to. I'm Grant Wooden, and you're listening to the Dark Moon Podcast. Okay, let's give you a little something about myself. I'm one to often look for mystery, instead of waiting for it to find me. Coming from a small town, we have our legends. One of my earliest memories is when my friends and I went to a mountain nearby my house. We were told the tale of Lucy Keys, a girl who mysteriously vanished never to be seen again. It wasn't scary at the time, but when the sun went down, all the kids in my neighborhood cowered in fear. I moved from that small town in Massachusetts called Holden, a quaint upper middle class town where all the houses look the same. We did a lot of stupid things as kids. We used to hunt urban legends like Bloody Mary and Slenderman. We even tried to summon this Japanese demon who was supposedly made out of knives and would cut up your whole family. I love Holden, but I wanted to see more. Unfortunately, with my medical condition, I couldn't go too far, so I settled in at the University of Connecticut in the town of Storrs. It was a quiet town, minus the campus, but there wasn't much else in the town besides the campus. It didn't seem too far from home, but it was out of state, and in that mine, it meant a change of scenery. That's where this podcast comes into focus. This podcast started out as something of an obsession with horror fiction but it's evolved into a mystery all my own. I moved into Next Gen Hall on the northwest side of campus, what is now known as Worth Tower. Honestly, I couldn't have gotten better luck. It was a new building with a great view, climate-controlled rooms, and I had a single all to my own. We had three elevators in the building, 
with an assortment of buttons in each. Two of the three elevators had the buttons 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and LL, lower level. But the third had a mysterious button labeled with the letter L. As the elevator passed below the first floor, you could feel a gap, so you reached the lower level. I assumed the L was just the janitor's floor to hold all the cleaning supplies, but that was held on the floor labeled 1R. As students, if we tried to touch this button, nothing would happen. Every other button would light up with a blue ring when pressed, not this L button. It seemed as if someone didn't want us on this floor. What was on this mysterious L floor? Where did it go? What was going on on the only floor I have yet to see? A few months ago, my questions were answered. I was getting my laundry from the lower level. What is our laundry mat, basically? It was a little past midnight, and not thinking when the doors opened, I walked right out. Little did I know, I had stumbled onto the elf floor. What I found led me to dig deeper into a mystery my quiet school tried to hide. Our first episode is a good one. We're diving into a role I never thought would be thrust upon me. A role that would give Scooby-Doo and the gang a run for their money. I'm going to become a detective. What did this mysterious 10th floor have to offer? Let me take you on this journey to discover the dark secrets this prestigious university hold so dear. I'm Grant Wooden, and you're listening to the Dark Moon Podcast. The elevator doors opened revealing a blank wall with some light switches in the corner, along with a plank of wood propped up against the wall. I turned to the left and saw two wooden doors, walnut in color, a light green. Upon closer inspection, I reached the entrance to these two mysterious doors. In the center was a giant symbolic circle drawn in red. I had seen it before, but I couldn't remember where. I snapped a picture with my cell phone quickly. The symbol was drawn beneath even the door handles, meaning the handles must have been put on after the symbol was drawn. As I began to reach out for the doors, a sound behind them almost made me shit myself right then and there. People were coming, and they were coming fast. Two men walked out of the doors in normal clothing, but their backs were turned to me. I couldn't get a good look at their faces. I ran and hid behind the small panel of scrap wood lying in the corner, praying they wouldn't find me. The slab of wood was just big enough to mask my silhouette. The two men boarded the elevator and were no more. I waited for 15 minutes, scared shitless. What if they came back and found me? What would I say? Oh, I just stumbled on the L floor. I wasn't thinking. I snuck on when someone was there. These are the things that ran through my mind, not why were they here? What were they doing? 
After the 15 minutes I had waited, I pushed the down elevator button, still shaking. Praying no one would be there, since it was past midnight anyway, I went down to get my laundry. But just before I left, I saw a poem scribed along the wall. I didn't have time to read it, so I snapped a pic of that too. Going down and getting my laundry after what I had just witnessed seemed almost pointless. I threw everything I had into a bag and ran back to my dorm, careful to avoid the elevators, of course. Much to say, I took the stairs. When I got back to my room, I locked the door, opened my laptop, and began to look up what I had just saw. I found the poem first. The poem read as follows. The Pythagoric letter, two ways spread, shows the two paths in which man's life is led. The right-hand track to sacred virtue tends, through steep and rough at first, in the rest it ends. The other broad and smooth, but from its crown, on rocks the traveler is tumbled down. He who to virtue, by harsh toils aspires, subduing pains, worth and reown acquires. But who seeks slothfully luxury and flies, the labor of great acts dishonored dies. Digging only on the surface level, I discovered it was a poem by the scholar Pythagoras, the mathematician. Odd. It was called the Pythagoras Letter, and it was about two ways a man's life could be led. The other symbol raised more questions than it answered. I couldn't find the exact symbol I saw on the surfaced web, so I had contacted some of my connections on the deep web to search for the exact symbol I had seen. For those of you who don't know what the deep web is, it's a part of the World Wide Web that's not discoverable by means of standard search engines like Google, Bing, and Yahoo. This includes password-protected and dynamic pages, as well as encrypted networks. A lot of criminal activity can happen on the deep web in a much deeper place called the dark web. I was about to journey down there. I contacted my buddy. We'll call him E. We have been friends for years, and he does a lot of activities on the deep web. Mostly dark web stuff. He's what you might call a hacker. He can get into almost any system. One time, he hacked our school website. It was pretty funny. But I wonder if he could find out what the symbol was. Hey, E, you there? Hey, Grant. On the forms I found, it seems to be called the Dharma Wheel. Uh, but what's interesting about this one is it's not the average one you would find on a Google image search. Uh, that one's quite popular. This one is said to unlock something. Uh, what it's unlocking, I have no idea. Um, it was pretty popular in the Dharmic faith way back when. It is said there are seven keys to unlocking its power. The first is a right faith. The second is a right intention. The third, a right speech. The fourth, a right action. The fifth, a right livelihood. The sixth being a right thought. And finally, the seventh is right meditation. Interesting. Um, th thanks for looking that up, I guess. Make sure you uh, take it easy, wherever you are. Okay, will do.
So this Dharma wheel, it was supposed to unlock something, but what was it supposed to unlock? I had to go back and see what this floor had to offer. This search started to consume me. As of this recording, my visit to the elf floor was two weeks behind me. It's all I can think of, all that's on my mind. I had to go back. So that's just what I did. Last weekend, I went back to the elf floor. It was easier than you might think. The last time I stumbled on the elf floor was around midnight, so that's when I would try. It was 12.08 on my watch when I hit the button. It lit up blue. I couldn't believe it. I was in. The elevator began to descend downward. I didn't plan for how afraid I was going to be. I grabbed my room key and put it between my fingers, ready for anything. The doors opened. I stepped out, but nothing was there. It was just a normal room. This had to be impossible. It looked like a carbon copy of the lower level's lobby. The same plain doors, the same plain carpet. Where was the Dharma wheel? The poem on the wall? Even my plank of wood was gone. I had to investigate further. I walked up to the two doors that had held the Dharma wheel the last time I visited. But nothing. Nada. The symbol was gone. Or so I thought. As soon as my fingers touched the doors, they began to glow a scarlet red color. The intricate design of the Dharma wheel began to draw itself out around the doors. It glowed with a brilliance I had never seen. My fingers touching the symbol began to grow warm. Turning around, the room had changed and everything had become clear. This was a security measure, some sort of illusion to keep people like me out of whoever's business I had stumbled upon. I tried to open the doors. Of course, they were locked. But that's when what Eid had told me about the Dharma wheel came rushing back. The seven keys of unlocking its power. Man, what was the first key again? Oh yeah, a right faith. But what could that mean? Did I have to be a Buddhist to have that right faith? As soon as those thoughts crossed my mind, a panel along the wall slid open. I hadn't seen it before, but it wasn't very big. It seemed just big enough to fit my forearm. I looked inside. There was a little key on the far side, dangling by a string. I don't know why, but I had a feeling that I was supposed to go up and take the key. As I stepped forward, I saw it clearer, knives. Knives were coating the inside of this box, all along the walls. How was I going to get my hands on this key now? Then it came to me. What I was about to do was either very smart or very dumb. I was going to reach in the box. This has got to be the first key. A right faith. It didn't mean religion at all. It meant having faith in oneself. 
metaphorically reaching through the knives that life has to offer. Or at least that's what I hope it meant. I reached in and grabbed the key, pulling it out as fast as I could. But when I looked back in the box, the knives were gone. It seems there was no trace of them. Except for these little slits in the sides of the box. It looked like those magician's tricks where they try to saw their assistant in half. It seems someone had pulled the knives out from the other side. Immediately after taking the key out of the box, I started to examine it. It was a coppery color, definitely made of metal, but copper, that was yet to be known. It weighed probably as much as a smartphone, like a normal sized smartphone, but it was small. I didn't think something that small would weigh as much as it did, but I had the first key in my possession. That was one key down and six to go. Looking back at the Dharma wheel, something had changed. The bottom spoke had a keyhole in it. I wonder if my key fits. I walked over to the Dharma wheel, placed the key in, and turned it. After putting the key in and trying to turn it, I heard a distinctive click. The key wouldn't turn all the way. Something was blocking it. It felt like the first gear had moved, hit the second gear, and things had come to an impasse. Looks like I was going to be needing more keys if I wanted to unlock everything this mysterious symbol had to offer. I looked at my watch. It had been almost an hour, 105. Thinking to myself quickly, I needed to get out of there. What if someone came back and was wondering why I was again on this mysterious elf floor? So I went back to my dorm room. I needed to do some research if I was gonna get the next key. The first thing I did when I got back to my dorm was look up the Dharma wheel. I know I had E look up information on it before, but I wanted to see what the surface web had to offer. The first thing I found that was odd was that my dharmic wheel had seven spokes. When common dharma wheels consist more of eight and 24 spoked wheels. This had to be unique, had to be different. Just what it meant, I didn't know. Most dharmic wheels had eight spokes. These are supposed to keep the wheel up, stable, and strong. Mine had seven. Mine had a right faith, a right intention, a right speech, a right action, a right livelihood, a right thought, and a right meditation. What was the eighth spoke I was missing? I found something online about this. It went in the same order. Faith, intention, speech, action, livelihood, mindfulness, so I guess thought, and meditation. 
there was an eighth spoke. It said the right effort. What could that mean? Before I could tackle what the right effort meant in unlocking the Dharma wheel, I needed to start looking into the intention, the second key. I think this is a puzzle best solved in order rather than out of order. On the next episode of the Dark Moon Podcast, we'll be looking into the second key, the right intention. Maybe we'll find something deep within ourselves about what we intend to do. I intend to finish this puzzle. I intend to solve the Dharma wheel. I intend to unlock its power. Even if something or someone on this campus doesn't want me to. I'm Grant Wooden, and you've been listening to the Dark Moon Podcast. If you liked it, share it with a friend. Who knows, maybe they need a little mystery in their life. I intend on finishing this, no matter what. I want to know how this story ends. Come with me on this journey. A journey into the unknown.